You see, we're on a mission from God. episode of the first season of the podcast. And today I am speaking with my friend and colleague, Stephanie, also known as Sharky Butler. Hi, Sharky. Hi. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So I did a pilot of the podcast a couple, maybe a year ago. And you, uh, you were like the very first guest for that pilot because we work together, obviously, and we podcast together for work. And we both like have a shared love of podcasts. So I thought you would be the perfect person to test it out with. And it was such a good episode. But um, now I have a new format and all of that. So I decided to have you back on to talk about podcasts and other interesting things. Awesome. Can't wait. Are you ready? So ready. <laughs> okay. So we're going to do icebreaker questions first. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Th- it's Girl, you got this. And then first I got it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I gotta no, tell no. you a story, but go ahead. <laughs> you want to tell a story before the icebreaker question? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, well, I live in Georgia, you know, uh-huh. where there. Oh yes. There are two Senate seats uh, up in the January fifth runoff election, and earlier today, this man came to my door, and I opened it against my better judgment. But he was wearing a Make America Great Again hat. Oh, my. And so I immediately knew what he was there for. And so he was like, hi, my name's Robert or whatever. And, you know, you know, we have a big election coming up, blah, blah, blah. And um, you must be Gretchen. And I was like, no. And he was like, oh, you're um, Sarah. No. I was like, we rent this house, so you probably don't have. And then he was like, Butler. And I was like, yeah, that's me. And I was like, he looked in his little computer thing. And I was what? like, I bet I have a big red X like next to my name. But he, he carried on and he said, you know, I'm here on behalf of the Purdue and Loeffler campaigns. And, you know, we really don't want the Democrats to control everything. So we be voting in the January 5th runoff. And I was like, yes. And I was so nice. And then he was like, and will you be supporting Purdue and Loeffler? And I was like, nope. And he said, okay, well, sorry to hear that. And I was like, yep, good luck. But it was just so fun. Like, I was like, I hope more <laughs> of these come to my door. Because I was very nice to him, but it, was, it felt so good to be like, no, sir, I will not be. Also, you should change your hat <laughs> and get out of this neighborhood. Okay, I want to rewind here. He was carrying around a computer with people's names. No, in it? yeah, it was like a a little bigger than a phone. Maybe it was like a tablet or smaller. And so I think he had Republican donor information. And so someone who lived here before was on that list. Okay. I don't think he was just going door to door. I think it was like a targeted approach to make sure Republicans are gonna go vote. Wow. Okay. Uh. Okay. I guess that's cool. So. I still feel like that's kind of creepy, though. Like, I don't, yes. I don't like that. Uh, I think you were nicer than you could have been. Especially with the hat, you know, that's kind of just like a... But oh, I, I feel like, you know, he feels passionate 
enough about something to volunteer and go door to door. And oh, I yeah. respect that. But no, sir, I will not be voting <laughs> Republican. Have a nice day. <laughs> so it just you know, felt really good to tell someone that. It's just, it's always interesting when, like when people just cold call, when people just come to your house. And I feel like nowadays it's even more rare, right? Because there's so many other ways that you can market things and get things to people. But it used to be like freaking encyclopedia salesmen would come to the door. Like people yes. come to the door and just knock. Yes. Uh, but now like I, I would be scared to just go to somebody's door. And actually it really me makes too. me mad when people come to my door. Especially wearing a MAGA hat. <laughs> I don't know what I would say. I have one of those nice signs in the front yard that's like, um, in this house, we believe that, you know, Black Lives Matter, love is love. He I wouldn't know. come to your door. Right. I think that kind of just is sort of like a repellent for anyone who sees that. And I mean, it's not a particularly political sign. But I, I feel like that's but it is. like, yeah, I, I'm a nice person and I yeah. value other humans, but you know. Somebody else, I feel, would inter- or interpret it that as, uh, as me being, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, yeah. we could, if you wanted, you know, since you enjoyed that so much, I could maybe make a couple donations in your name to some Republican candidates. You know, just five bucks here and there so that they, they keep dropping by. I don't think so. <laughs> Come That's on. That's not a good idea. Yeah, it's not. I wouldn't do that. I have other things to spend my five bucks on. All right, let's do... Let's do icebreakers. Ready? Okay. You know these. Ready. Easy. Okay. What is the last thing you watched on TV? That's a very long pause, my friend. I know. I don't know why I can't remember. Oh, okay. The last thing I watched on TV is a reality show. No oh one's surprised. God. Of course. Of course. Called Welcome to Plaxville. Have you heard of this? No. It's on TLC, The okay. Learning Channel. And it's a family that lives in Georgia and it's a mom and a dad and they have like 10 kids or something and they raise their kids very conservatively in that they live on this family farm. They're all homeschooled. There's no technology. They don't really have any friends outside of their family. They're, they have to dress conservatively. They aren't allowed to have sugar. They've never tried Coca-Cola before. They've never had cotton candy. Like, yes. And so apparently the mom, when she was young, was like wild and crazy. And so she wants to like shield her children from the world. By putting them on a reality show? That's stupid. That's this No, is- money talks, right? Bullshit. Because the season, this is season two. In season one, they lived on this family farm. And in season two, they've upgraded their home and they moved into town into like a nicer house. But some of the kids are, some of the older kids are growing up and like leaving the nest. Uh-huh. And you see how ill-prepared they are for the real world. And it's just very interesting to watch. Well, I, I find this whole premise very suspect. Why is that? Because if, okay, so if you really believed that this is the way you should be living your life, why would you open yourself up to a reality TV show to come in and, and document all of that and then put it out into the world for ridicule and criticism? 
maybe they want the world to see how they live and raise their family so more people will do it and they were going to get paid big bucks and maybe they were you know like maybe their farm was about to get foreclosed on or something I'm just speculating but (laughs) also this family sounds like the absolute antithesis to the Kardashians Oh, it is, for like sure. Like, if you were to take the Kardashians and build a reality show on the very opposite end of the spectrum, it would be that. Yes, oh. that is it. Well, that's interesting. I don't think I like either of them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, was it, I mean, you're on season two. Did you like it? Yeah. Is it, what's so good about it? Um, it's just so interesting to see how they live, and it's just shocking, the stuff, like, they're their oldest son was dating a girl and they weren't allowed to text each other until they got engaged. Wow. And they weren't allowed to, or they were only allowed to talk on the phone for like one hour a week or something like supervised. And now he's married and she has to explain everything about the world to him, sexual and anything related to like pop culture You know, it's just crazy to see, you know, you think like at first when I watched it, I was like, oh, you know, they're like, don't have technology and social media. Like they're just outside, like living the good life. (laughs) But then you see them start to go out into the world and you realize, I mean, them having no information is the same as having too much information. So the point that it's almost dangerous yeah wow because they're so naive out in the world all right well what is their philosophy based on is it a religious thing or is it like like where who where did this idea like that you can text somebody you know like an hour or call someone an hour a week or something like where is this coming from I don't know where they get their rules and they are religious but it doesn't show them like being part of a specific religion but I know it came from the mom who was really wild when she was young. She, I guess, went crazy like in college. And so who she didn't? decided she That's didn't no want. Everybody went crazy when they were in their early 20s. Yeah, I think she probably went overboard, but she doesn't want her kids to have that life. So she wow. has sheltered them to the extreme. I'll bet like half those kids end up like strippers and yeah yeah like there's no there's anything wrong with that no not at all not at all uh I I I feel like uh they'll probably be a lot happier (laughs) actually one is uh he's trying to be a male model oh lord and he's doing these like shirtless photo shoots and stuff and they're like weren't allowed to wear swimsuits when they went to the beach when they were little there's like pictures of them on the beach just fully clothed (laughs) All of this is very triggering for me. I, I hate them. I hate them all. I, everything, this is just bullshit. I, I hate it. Ugh. Awful. I don't recommend that you watch. I won't. Well, so, and it also reminds me of Scientology. I'm watching the whole Scientology thing on Netflix. Yeah. And uh, it sounds exactly like that, like super controlled environment and like, ew, ew. That just makes me want to freak out. Oh, did you watch the Nexium? No. Um, HBO thing? No, I told you I don't have HBO. Oh, sorry. You can use my password if you want. <laughs> I won't add that to the podcast. 
just in case the HBO legal department listens to my podcast is one of the you know, well you never people. know they might <laughs> um you know it's really good it's like a six-part thing and it just goes a lot more in depth and you hear from a lot more people yeah. than you did on the podcast yeah my and friend it's the same was thing talking about it she's like this is bazonkers yeah it's so crazy yeah okay second icebreaker question is what was the last book you read it was <laughs> I have to look at my Goodreads. I can't remember. <laughs> That's depressing. I know. Oh, uh, Mexican Gothic. Oh, by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. I have not heard of it. Is it good? Yeah, I think it just came out this year, so it was like a really popular book, and it's kind of like a horror book. It's like spooky. Ooh. But um, it gets a little sci-fi-ish at nice. the end so I didn't really love it but it, it was good it was I like the characters had good character development and it was well written yeah I would read that <laughs> <You should. laughs> okay okay and then finally what did you have for breakfast I had a blueberry luna bar and a banana and milk which is what I have every morning wow okay let's talk about breakfast because okay. We used to. You're a breakfast hater. I, well, so here's the thing. You and I have had extensive discussions, I'm going to call them discussions politely, about the value of breakfast. Because for most of my life, I hated breakfast. I would, I avoided it at all costs. And now that we've been in quarantine, not quarantine, social distancing or whatever, whatever weird thing that we're in, I have breakfast almost every day. And now I love it. Now I like open my eyes in the morning and I'm like, what the fuck am I going to eat for breakfast? Yes. <laughs> what do you eat? I'm so happy for you. Oh, so many things. So many things. I'm, in fact, I'm like super sad that you have a Luna bar and a banana every day. Like today I had oatmeal with a drizzle of this habanero infused honey and some oh, wow. raspberries. And it was phenomenal. It that was delicious. delicious. Yes, yes. Um, you know, some days I have like omelet or I don't know, just avocado toast is a big one, you know, but it's, it's amazing. And, I, and I, I don't just like to eat breakfast. I like to sit down at the table and eat breakfast with like a napkin on my lap. Would you say that it is in fact the most important meal of the day? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, I, I, think I can't I'm, believe this. No, I know. I think I'm a convert. Because I also, because I'm now I'm becoming an old person, I started getting um, acid reflux at oh. night, right? Mm -hmm. So now I like don't want to eat past a certain time. And so my dinner is usually pretty meh. It's just some small thing to keep me from starving to death while I sleep. Yeah. That, that's why when I wake up, I'm like, holy shit, I want breakfast. Yes. Good. Oh, I got a, a ninja blender. Did I tell you that? No. I'm so excited to make smoothies and smoothie bowls in my new ninja. Except I've already cut my finger on the blade, so I can confirm that it's extremely sharp. And then I ordered these blender bombs, which what? you, yeah. So they're, you know how you just put like a million things in a smoothie? Yeah. And if you want to have like, you know, the nutritional crap, like, flaxseed and all that kind of stuff 
Yes. So it comes like it's already there. So mm-hmm. you just put it in and then you can just put in like some frozen fruit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. I got the like chocolate peanut butter one and they're delicious. But this morning I spent 30 minutes after breakfast taking everything out of my cabinets because there were ants. <gasps> On your blender bombs? Okay. So like in the pantry where all the food is. So I was like okay. taking everything out and throwing some, some stuff away. And I think I didn't seal the blender bombs good because there were a lot of ants on the box. So I had to throw it away. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. They were really enjoying the blender bombs. I hate when ants get in the pantry. It yes. happens to me maybe once or twice a year tops, but whenever it does, and then you have to take everything out and it's just so annoying. Okay, where did you buy these blender bombs? Because I am intrigued. On the internet. Yeah. Okay, I figured that. Google blender bombs. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, blender is it, a, is it a specific? Com. Really? Yeah. I uh, know. I don't know if that's no. But I mean, is it like a thing or is it a yeah. specific company? Can it's you a get specific them? company? Okay. All right. All right. You're not being helpful at all. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I will go do my goddamn research. Just Google it. Like. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Uh, but I, uh, Kaiser's out of town, and I did not tell him about the ants because he hates ants. Oh. And he, like, if he's, like, two ants, he'll call the pest control people. <laughs> and they were just here last week because there were ants, like, on the other side of the kitchen. And so I was like, I'm, I'm just going to take care of this myself, and I won't tell him. What? <laughs> he's going to hear this podcast. It'll, they'll be gone by then. Okay. So, um, he hates ants, but he lives in the South, which is where ants are from. Girl, ants, and we had a scorpion in what? here. What? Yeah. But worse than all of that are palmetto bugs. Oh, yes. The worst. Which sounds like, you know, some small little southern pleasant bug that hangs out with you on the porch on the warm summer days and it is not it is in fact a giant cockroach yes. and some pr person named them palmetto bugs so people <laughs> wouldn't flee georgia <laughs> the, do palm, palmetto bugs have have pr i didn't know i think so yep their lobbyists got on it and had themselves <laughs> renamed palmetto bugs but they are in fact giants giant cockroaches. Okay. I know this because I once lived in North Carolina. Okay. Yes. You know about and the palmetto bug. Let me tell you about this palmetto bug because this is a legit thing that happened to me. So I was in my house, my apartment by myself. My boyfriend at the time was gone and uh, it was an old timey house, like a Victorian house that we lived in. And so the kitchen actually had a door. So I have to tell you that because that was, that's an important piece here. So I was, you know, puttering around, blah, blah, blah in the house. And I went in the kitchen and I saw one of these bugs, right? And it was huge, like huge. It it was huge. And, and it had a threatening aura and I knew (laughs) (laughs) that it was going to try to get me. So I, my heart was like racing. I was like terrified of this bug. So I like shut the door of the kitchen and then I'm like, fuck, I need to use the kitchen. I need to you know, use the kitchen. Uh, my boyfriend, I think my boyfriend was out of town or something. Like I was like, I could not wait. So I 
went upstairs. Like there was an upstairs area of this house. Like the, we rented the downstairs. There was a, there was a guy that lived upstairs. I went and I knocked on his door. He wasn't there. And so then I tried to call somebody. I don't remember who, uh, but I couldn't find anybody to come and help me. <laughs> I had a cell phone. So it was like on my landline. And I basically, I like sat around trying to figure out what to do. Well, at one point I opened the door of the kitchen. I poked my head in and it came flying right at my fucking face. This goddamn bug was trying to attack me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Or Did you scream? I was like legitimately thinking I should start the house on fire. Oh, yes. <laughs> but then I figured out what to do. After much thought, I picked up my cat, opened the door, and threw the cat in and closed the door. <laughs> Did that work? Yes. Like a, Because like our a, cats will just stare at, like, they'll just kind of look and they'll be like, oh, hey, and ignore them. And our pest control guy said we should stop feeding our cat so they'll be hungry and then they'll eat the roaches. <laughs> That's not true. It's true that he told us that. Oh, I know, but it's not true that they, they will get hungry and eat roaches. I, I don't think so. I, I mean, don't know. You don't I'm not going to starve my cat so they'll kill roaches, though. You have to be pretty damn hungry to want to eat a roach, even if you're a also cat. at um, some point in the evening. Because usually when we see them, I guess you're more likely to see them at night. Uh-huh. Uh, Kaiser changes his shoes at a certain time, like when it starts to get dark, from his house shoes to his flip flops because the flip flops are the bug killing shoes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, but here's the problem with trying to kill a a bug especially a bug of that size with your shoe especially a palmetto bug because they fucking fly right yeah is that you have to get relatively close to it to kill it ain't happening man like you can't i don't want to be within arm's length it will fly at your face mm -hmm. i'm here to tell you so um yeah that that the the shoe thing doesn't work the shoe thing only works for non-flying bugs Unless you hurl it, but you have to be really good at like... That's risky. Target practice, yeah. Yeah, that's risky. Right, because if you throw your shoe at that bug and it no the, and you miss, it knows that you're trying to kill it and it will become even more threatening. <laughs> yeah, so our house has been like doused in some chemicals <laughs> to keep these fuckers out. You guys are going to get like some kind of tumor because probably of your pest control <laughs> probably all right well uh it's really about the quality of life not the quantity yes yes okay <laughs> and not having giant cockroaches in my home yeah is good for my quality of life uh i am 100% on the same page as you are okay uh i'm really glad we had that conversation because because now i'm experiencing ptsd from the <laughs> they tried to tried to get me uh, that it's awful. They're horrible. I think they're they're evil. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about podcasts because that's really one of the things that we have in common. And you and I both love podcasts. Like I said, we do one for work. And then I started this podcast. And I have another podcast. And we always listen to podcasts and we share them with each other. So what I want to know is, what are you listening to right now? My favorites right now are Tom's, Tom Brown's Body. Oh. Did you listen to that? I have not listened yet. Okay. It's by Texas Monthly. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a murder mystery type situation in Canadian Texas. And it's, I think, six or eight episodes. And it's kind of like an ongoing thing. Okay. So it seems like the episodes are, are over, but there's going to be a continuation. It's about a kid who went missing. And apparently it was just like the most likable kid you know, was friends with everyone, didn't have any enemies, and he just disappears one night. And there's a lot of theories about what happened. Some people think he killed himself. Some people think he was murdered. Some people think he ran off to be a wrestler. Okay. And then it comes out that he enjoyed wearing diapers. What? What? And it just gets crazier from there. And okay. then this private <laughs> investigator comes in and he's the biggest character you've ever met in your life. And he's a person that as a character, I love. Uh-huh. But if I met him in real life, I would hate him. Uh-huh. Because he is supposedly the best private investigator in the world. <laughs> Says who? Him. Uh-huh. Him. And he, will, he can find anyone. And he's found so many people. He's worked with the FBI and all this other stuff. Um, but I don't know how he's a good investigator because he doesn't listen to anyone that he questions. <laughs> He'll ask a question, then lead them in a certain direction, and then talk about how great he is. That's amazing. And it's really amazing to hear. Okay, I'm sold. I'm listening yeah. to this. I'm going to binge listen to it now. I mean, if Texas Monthly does it, you know it's probably going to be good. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, what is that? Are you are you looking at a palmetto book? I've gotten two Amazon deliveries since we've been on this call. <laughs> what are you expecting? Anything I ordered a lot of stuff on Cyber Monday. You did? What did you get? I don't even know. I spent like $500. I think. Are you kidding? I got some Christmas gifts and I got some prints for my office Ooh. and some clothes that were on sale. Anyway. That's exciting. I ordered a water bottle. That's it? Well, yeah. And some, what else? I ordered something else. I can't remember. Oh, I ordered also, I, so I ordered a water bottle and I ordered a shaker. Like it, speaking of smoothies, but not for proper smoothies. This is just for, because the, the blender, you know, like when you make the smoothie, you have to clean the blender right afterwards because otherwise it gets gunky. And that's a pain. So for some drinks, like my green drink or whatever, I just got a little like a shaker so that I don't have to go through that whole process. Yeah. Like if I want to do like a single serve blender. Yeah, I know. So I have a amazing blender that I got for my birthday a couple years ago. Like it's a Vitamix and it's like the Cadillac of freaking blenders. It's amazing. That's what I wanted, but they were crazy expensive. They're crazy so I went with a Ninja. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had a Ninja before Stephanie and I broke it. Like I am really hard on blenders. <laughs> I like destroy them. So um, my husband like bought me a Vitamix and it's, it's really like, I don't have a lot of possessions that I love. I love this blender. And, uh, you know, like, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, it works like a charm. It's amazing, but you, you do, you have to like clean it every time. Like you do have to clean it every time. And I'm okay with that if I'm doing like a production smoothie, but if I'm just doing like a green drink or something, that's like a scoop of whatever, I'm not going to bother with that. Yeah. Okay. Back to Uh, another. Yeah. Yeah. 
So my second favorite, and I know you've listened to this, is Your Own Backyard. Is that what it's called? Is it? In Your Own Backyard. Did I listen to that? I don't think I listened to that. Yeah, the Dig Up the Yard, Paul Flores. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's called Your Own Backyard. Yes. I don't know about that. Yeah. Okay. And it came out, I guess, like about a year ago. Right. But they just had a new episode that came out last week with an update and like shit is going down. No. And I'm ready. <laughs> Dig up the yard. Did you listen to? I haven't listened the to new the one update. Yet? Yeah. So it's a girl who went missing. Yeah. Quite a while ago. Yeah. Long time and ago. it was never solved but it's one of those where they basically know who did it they just don't have a body or enough evidence to arrest this person Mm -hmm. and so it it goes through all the details of the case and it really seems like he killed this girl and buried her in his backyard that they paved over yes Yes. that they mysteriously paved over (laughs) and he mysteriously like got a new bed truck liner and his parents clearly helped him and are helping to cover it up yeah and some messed up stuff but um they're coming for him yeah yeah bitch talk yeah talk motherfucker (laughs) can i say that on this podcast hells yeah you can all right well i need uh, clearly i'm falling down on my on the job i need to listen to that one too yes have you listened to dr death season two oh yeah oh yeah that is just bananas I can't even believe that bullshit after that I I'm not kidding I've lost all faith in medicine in the healthcare system because both of those like there weren't really warning signs for patients ahead of time Mm -hmm. like both of those situations like they had really great reviews this doctor on season two was known as like a really great oncologist yeah. And apparently it is very frowned upon in the medical community for one doctor to tell on another or like a nurse or someone else to tell on a doctor yeah. and no one does it. So they get to just leave and go do it somewhere else. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it makes me so angry. Yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of part of what made me so mad about the Scientology thing too. Like I said, I mean, it's a cult and whatever, but it's, it's exactly like that in that the people who are higher up are protected by this this like code of silence and like anyone with less power or less influence is just fucking destroyed if they try to make any fuss about it and that makes me mad yeah it's crazy yeah all right well um yeah that was a really disappointing and i don't know i have two friends right now that are going through chemo and it's so that like really I took it personally. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, this is fucked up, man. Yeah. I mean, he's telling people that they have cancer when they don't. Yeah. 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 Uh, are you, do you only, are you only listening to murder podcasts or do you have anything else? No. Uh, I like Invisibilia. Mm. Have you ever listened to that? It's an NPR one about, uh-huh. it's kind of focused on psychology um, but they always have really, really good stories based yeah. on like around a theme. So whatever the theme is, there'll be like, it's kind of like this American life, but it's all about psychology. Yeah. And it's very interesting. And there are several seasons of that. And I like Heather McMahon, who's a oh, comedian. Yeah. 
Uh I like her absolutely not podcast just because she's hilarious and she lives in Atlanta with her mom and she's the best on Instagram and on her podcast is is funny and people call in to her absolutely not line with their absolutely not what does that mean like my absolutely not is an old man coming to my front door and asking if I'm going <laughs> to vote for Republicans for the Senate. Absolutely not. Can it be anything? My absolutely not is palmetto bugs. Oh, yes. Get the fuck oh, out like of here. I like this game. I, I like the absolutely not game. Yes. What's uh, your absolutely not? Uh, dang, let me think. I, I guess, well, at this point, my absolutely not is anybody asking me to do, like, do stuff for them. Like I, I spent a lot of a lot of time like just doing shit for people, because I I guess because I was nice or something, and I'm now I'm not I don't know. But I at this point I'm just like uh, fuck off. Yeah, I'm not doing any of your shit ever again. Yeah, you I owe you nothing. Absolutely not. Yes. yes. My absolutely not is people having weddings, large to medium weddings in the year 2020. Why is this happening? I honestly have no idea. I feel like people are living in different worlds right now. Uh-huh. And they're clearly not living in the same world that I am uh-huh. where they could bring all of their friends and family together for an event. It's yeah. so crazy. I saw an Instagram post, someone who shall remain nameless who had a wedding with I don't know the exact number, but I'm not exaggerating. It was right around 14 bridesmaids. <gasps> what? Just your wedding party is violating the gathering laws. <laughs> I can't imagine how many people were at your event. Ew. Why? I don't understand. I have no idea. Don't you think that weddings themselves, like I was actually thinking about this. And look, to anyone who's listening who had a big wedding or who loves big weddings, whatever, this is my personal opinion, but I feel like weddings are bullshit. <laughs> I really do. Like, I feel like I listened to some podcast, or maybe it was Adam Ruins Everything. It was one of these podcasts that talk about the history of shit. And I was talking about how, like, our current wedding, how the industry around weddings and how the traditions, the quote unquote traditions came about, and how a lot of it was the nouveau riche in America who wanted to feel like they were landed gentry or royalty, right? Well, yeah, who doesn't want to be a king and a queen? Right. And that plays along with, you know, the, America just freaking loves monarchy. Even just in our, you know, everyday language, we'll be like, you know, you're a queen or I'm a princess or whatever. And I, I it just, I get it. Like, I do get it, right? I mean, I grew up with Disney, too. So anyway, that's why I, I, I dislike weddings, big weddings or big expensive weddings. Not to mention the fact that they're impractical. And look, you get these two people that are, like, about to start their life together. And why spend all that money on that? Yeah, on one it goddamn is crazy day? to spend so much on one day. Yeah. And then you're looking at, like, a honeymoon and... Maybe you're buying a house if you just got married. Like, it's yeah. way too many expenses yeah. in one year. Yeah. Put all that money 
into a down payment on a house if you really want to do something if you really feel like you need to like blow a big chunk of change on something do a you know do a thing where everybody can contribute and you put all your money into that and then just have like a just have a party I mean you can still yeah. have a nice party it, uh, all I'm saying is all of this stuff like the wedding industry is so damn gross in some ways like there's so much to just like trying to juice as much sentiment and uh, you know, like, you know, expense out of the day. I know this is a topic you think about because you're planning a wedding. I was going to say, I'm an engaged person. <laughs> Very offended by everything you just said. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm not because I don't really like any like frou-frou kind of shit. Uh-huh. And so we, we're getting married next year in the spring and we're going to have a total of like five guests. Mm-hmm. just our parents and like super close friends and then I think later next year when you can feel good about gathering dozens of your closest friends and family without giving them a virus that could potentially kill them then we'll have a celebration right that's basically you know not a wedding reception like just a party right to celebrate right yeah yeah no, I, I, I get it. I get it why people want to do it, but I also, and then the whole white dress thing and this, uh, the veil and like, oh, I did get a dress. You did? I have a dress. Yeah. Is it white? It is white. <laughs> how, I'll send you a picture. How pure. <laughs> I don't have a, <laughs> I, you know, I don't have a, a veil though, so it's okay. <laughs> All right, you, I, look, Stephanie, you will look lovely. I am convinced you will look beautiful. Thank you. So when I got married, you know, my husband's South Asian. I wore red because that's what they do, right? Yeah. So I wore like a traditional outfit that was red and gold. And that was- I think was, I've seen pictures of that on, that you've probably posted on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 it's okay. I got, it's not the, it's not the- it's not the dress. It's not the color of the dress. It's more of the whole, what it's virginal. You know, the, the, yeah. You know, you're being given away. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the whole, like your dad walking you down the aisle and then giving you to another man kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. That's and, creepy. And then like you change your last name. Uh-huh. You can't have your own identity. No offense <laughs> to people who change their names. But. That would be me. <laughs> although to be fair I needed a new identity at the time yeah okay that's good no I mean you know everyone has to make a choice but when you and I get like wanting to have the same name as your family and your kids but like I've been Stephanie Butler for 34 years and like I'm getting married that isn't changing my identity in any way yeah so I'm gonna keep my name good well that's who I am the thing is, Stephanie Butler is a good name. I think so. Like, it's not like your name is Griselda McIntosh or something. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to any Griselda McIntosh. <laughs> we said no offense a lot in this <laughs> podcast. Like, I think we've offended a lot of people. Whatever. That's, that's our prerogative. We can do it. I mean, look, if, look people can have opinions. You don't have to, you don't, yes, have to they can. you don't have to agree with my opinion. Um, but also if you want to share your opinion, you could get your own podcast. Yeah. Get your own <laughs> podcast. 
no, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think I'm a hundred percent right for everybody. I'm just right for me. You know, you, if you only have six listeners, you probably shouldn't alienate your audience so much. <laughs> probably like, like lost 30% of my listeners <laughs> conversation alone. <laughs> okay. What else can you tell me about? Oh, so I was offline in November, technically offline, you know, I kind of go off and do my own stuff. So I missed all of the online hubbub around the election. Was there anything exciting that I need to know about? Yes. And maybe you saw this, but you know, the election was on Tuesday Mm -hmm. and then on Saturday was when it was really known, like Joe Biden was projected to be the winner. Uh It was the most joyful, glorious day on social media I had ever. It was the most amazing place to be on Saturday. Now, you know, it's only going to take about 24 hours before shit starts to go south. And by Sunday, <laughs> yes, it had really gone downhill. But on Saturday, you know, it was the videos of everyone just dancing in the street and people who were like, I didn't realize I've been clinching my jaw for the last four years. And I finally feel like relief for the first time. And it was just amazing, positive, joyful place to be. And that's probably because most of the people I'm friends with and follow are more liberal. I'm sure there might have been a different side. I've never, because usually when I get on social media, after about three minutes of scrolling, I'm like, I'm literally dumber than I was three minutes ago. Right. Like it, it often feels like a giant waste of time. Right. Which this is our career. So right. this is the how thing. do you feel about that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes it even worse. Uh-huh. But this day was the best day I've ever witnessed on social media wow. and it was glorious. Wow. Well, I'm sorry I missed that because you, yeah. I could have used I could have, like my I could have used a, a day to rebuild my faith in humanity after the last <laughs> 4 years. Really, of, yeah. Yeah, it was lovely. Okay, so have you heard about Parlor? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I went over there. Okay. And I got a account. Okay. Uh, I got an account for my, for IDCC, right? Because under the auspices that I wanted to, you know, I want to have a presence there, right? I I mean, that's part of what I do is try to understand people across the spectrum. And so um, it's not a personal account. It's an IDCC account where I can go and put out stuff that I want to put out, but then also sort of get a check, get a vibe check on what's happening over on the other side. And uh, wow. (laughs) <laughs> wow <laughs> but but here's the thing that's really interesting to me it's very much like twitter it's just like alternate twitter you know how like when when in star trek when there was evil spock it was basically just spock but with a goatee you know just opposite twitter like like there's this like it looks the same but there's like these slight differences where you're like huh what's going on here this is very interesting yeah it's just a, it's a weird place and I think it's actually a really good experience to go there because the way that people talk, the, a lot of the things that I find similar are in the way people do things, right? So like, it could be, you could plug in any content. It could be any political position. It's just the way that they're doing it, right? Like they'll just come out and make some random claim with nothing to back it up, or they'll just say some kind of blanket statement. And you see that happen on Twitter all day too. It's just that 
those are blanket statements I tend to, I tend to agree with more. <laughs> so it doesn't offend me. But when I yeah. see it on, on parlor, I'm like, ugh. And then, but what that does is it make it checks me and it makes me think, um, blanket statements probably aren't good regardless. Right. Yes. That's important. Right. So like, it kind of, it kind of makes me think since this is something that I care about really deeply, it's like, how do we make online spaces better for everybody? And how do we actually have productive dialogue there? And when I see these sort of pathologies on the platforms, that helps me understand where the real issues are. And I don't think the real issues are just in a difference of opinion. Granted, there are wackadoos on both platforms, right? Or, or in, on any platform, there's like the, there's a, um, a percentage of people that are just batshit and not in reality. But then most people are pretty, pretty normal, reasonable people, but they just have really strong opinions that are informed by only one set of facts. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's fascinating. It's fascinating to see it. So are you regularly logging in there? So I, like, when I first signed up, I logged in there, like, every day for, like, two weeks. But it's kind of boring. Like, for me, it's boring. Yeah. I go there because I should. But, like, a lot- It's kind of nice to be able to control when you can see other viewpoints opposite of your own. Because if you just see them normally, it can make you angrier frustrated so you're seeking them out but you have control over when and where you see them yeah I mean I actually have to make myself go there I also think that like there are like uh when there are differences of ideology along with that comes sort of like different cultural trappings and so like I am much more like it like some of the humor over there even if it's innocuous, doesn't really do much for me. Whereas, yeah, you know, like just sort of even just the the culture of Twitter is more aligned to my own sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. But you're on the TikToks now. Oh yes, are you, you're on TikTok? I have an account. I haven't posted anything, but I like following other accounts. Oh my god, I am obsessed with TikTok now. Obsessed. I send you my favorite person to follow oh yes he finds random cats and he calls them in different languages like he says cat and all these different languages to see what nationality the cat is (laughs) i'm following this bearded lizard or bearded dragon that is amazing it has like a i don't know some kind of pan latin accent it it, i mean the lizard doesn't have an accent but the narrator does it's amazing that's amazing yeah 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 there's some so i feel like TikTok is the antidote to Twitter. Twitter really bummed me out a lot the last year and a half. And I yeah. I was like multiple times ready to break up with Twitter. But then I found TikTok. And so now I feel like I can remain in a relationship with Twitter without being angry all the time because yeah. TikTok is full of joy. It's just full yeah. of people acting like fools. And look, yeah. well, I'm all about acting a fool. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Like there's dancing, there's, oh, so many um, drag queens that are amazing. There, there's a whole like section of lesbian Twitter that is phenomenal. I mean, just phenomenal. And there's like, what else? There's, um, but there's some, like just some makeup artists and I don't know. Oh, and all the, like there's some body positivity women on there that are just fantastic. And it's just good. Follow you. They hate that I'm on. TikTok. They're like, this, <laughs> get the fuck off of there. 
<laughs> That's not the best part about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have to go because we have reality TV trivia oh. at two. You should I come. Think. Maybe I will. Maybe I will, but I know nothing about it, so. Fine. Okay. All right, girl. I will talk to you later. This is great. Come back again, right? Thanks for having me on, and I feel like the beginning of this was boring, so I hope you edit that out. No, man. No. (laughs) All right. I'll see you on the other side. Okay. Bye. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves.